In a world where ancient Atlantis developed a super monster to deal with the imbalance of monstrous creatures, modern-day pollution have awakened a fearsome foe, and this planet's only hope is a guardian of humanity that will rise up in the hour of our need. But is this terrifying terrapin a foe or true friend of all children? Find out along with us and the rest of Japan. This is Kaiju vs. History, Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. Welcome back to Kaiju versus History. This is your psychically attached teen avatar, Patrick. And joining me is a detective that is one movie away from retirement, Miles. <laughs> for real. <laughs> How are you doing, Patrick? I got spoilers for the, for the next movie, but I'm doing very good. I've waited. Oh, gosh. What is this episode? Uh, 110 episodes to to get to here, to get to some heysay yeah camera I mean, it's, a, it's a it's a doozy of an episode this week so let's talk a little bit about this because i've i find this interesting uh it's a conversation that has becoming more and more bubbling not into the mainstream but at least genre fans who aren't just kaiju fans where i think more respect's being put on gamera's name and yeah. more and more people are discovering the gold mine of the heisei gamera films yeah, and when we record this, it is not out, but this year, <laughs> in in a, like a week or so from now when we're recording this, by the time this is out, there's already a Netflix Gamera TV show. Gamera yeah. is exploding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How and, long um, do we have to wait for another movie? Well, the, the hopes are that this is going to help ignite more Gamera popularity. Arrow has put out the entire camera filmography thus yeah. far on beautiful, beautiful Blu-rays. These are exemplary. I think they did a, a tremendous job, especially with the extras and stuff for the Heisei movies. I mm -hmm. watched a few of them before popping open the movie, which I hadn't seen in a couple of years. And it's it's a lot of fun. The, the, I think there's a really wholesome, this isn't really a history thing, but there's a wholesome like compilation video of opening day for mm. the movie. And so you get to see like the literal lines around the block to the theater and people, you know, buying their ticket in person and having to camp out. And the theater actually had like a little merch station where you could buy a little camera knickknacks. Yeah. And then at the very first showing, they had different cast members you know talk about how big they, everyone like were like we were hoping people would show up like <laughs> they, they, they were like every every single person said i was dreading this day because i was like what if no one showed up including the director and so i mean it was liner in the block it was it's just a really <laughs> wonderful and everyone's so happy and celebratory and i think one one cast member said like i had to walk outside and then i heard the applause of the audience uh, at the end <laughs> And it's just, it's great. It's a wonderful, wonderful release. I know we don't talk a ton about home releases as much, but. No, oh, the, the it's Arrow a, it's a, box is pretty special. Yeah, it's it, it, it fluctuates in price, but like it's, a, I think they sell them individually now, but it's 100% worth it. These are so lovingly curated and big, big props to, to Arrow for, for doing this. But this, this movie, I think, oh, sorry. 
I was going to say, you get a Matt Frank comic book, I think, in there mm-hmm. as well. There's some cool extras for for certain in in those box sets. Yeah, and then they have this weird white dude like doing an intro for the movies, and I'm like, and he's like the Japanese film expert, and I'm like, okay. And I mean, he's he's fine. I mean, his intro is certainly no Ben Mankiewicz, but he's he's okay. But I I, I love that that. I just want to preface, I guess, us talking about this movie, that that this movie is and this trilogy that we're going to be covering this season is getting talked about more and more. And I feel like more people are discovering how cool Gamera is because most people, myself, the only movie I had seen, but the first full Gamera movie I ever watched that wasn't involving MST3K was Gamera the Brave. Mm -hmm. Like it was, Gamera wasn't a part of my upbringing as much until I saw some MSC3K and I, I saw some old Gamera tapes, but I didn't see the Heisei era stuff until well into my 20s. Yeah, yeah. And it's too long. It's too long for these amazing kaiju films to enter our lives. Yeah, this just definitely did not get as much play as the Heisei Godzilla movies and did the DVDs didn't make their way as fast, perhaps around the the world? I don't know when I first saw this movie. It's it was definitely this century. I didn't see it in the nineties at all. But I don't know if I even knew of the the Heisei Gamera movies, even though I loved the the Gamera films that I, I saw of the the Showa era. Uh, Gamera Guardian of the Universe came out March eleventh, nineteen ninety five, right there in the middle of the mm. the nineteen nineties. It, it was produced by Dai Films and distributed by Toho, which I thought was interesting. And boy, howdy, kicks off, like you said, a, a, a trilogy, but a whole series of, of amazing films that I really feel like they've just taken the torch from the Heisei Godzilla series, which is coming to an end in the same year, 1995, and running wild with it. The, the two giant green-ish monsters were battling for, for ticket sales back in the 60s and 70s. But yeah, here it seems like, I don't know, they're giving each other room to kind of inhabit the same space. Yeah, it, I, I, I would agree with that. Maybe not 1995 when they both came out, but they were what eight, seven, eight months apart. So yeah, they, they gave them each other a lot of room. So I guess before we we get started, is there anything in the title? <laughs> yeah. So the original literal Japanese title is Gamera Giant Monster Midair Battle. Don't love it. A bit of a <laughs> tongue twister. It did have some other various titleizations. Gamera, the Guardian of the Universe, I think, is is one translation for for the American version, as opposed to just uh, Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. I did I find many others. I just, I mean, I did this to you as before we clicked record, but I, every single time I talk about this title, I just, I have to do the 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 queen flash uh gordon <laughs> yeah because i mean it really like, does ring in my ears ah, guardian of the universe. The universe. <laughs> it's it's it just pops in my head and, and as i was watching this every single time the camera popped up i did the same thing um yeah, I, I was a little confused because it's like it, it should just be the guardian of earth <laughs> like does he he doesn't really get uh a lot of space action compared to 
the Showa era where he's in space like every other day. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one, he seems pretty grounded and he's like made by Atlantean. So he's like of Earth. I don't know. In Greece, this movie was called Gamera, the protector of the universe. I, I don't think that's a, a, a big change from Guardian. <laughs> no, but yeah, we know it. We know it by a couple ways. I think when it was originally released, it had the the before Guardian, but home video releases since then, it's just Gamma Guardian of the Universe, which is what we're going with for its title. The title is actually a callback to the original Gamma versus Gauss, which uh, its original translation was Giant Monster Dogfight Gamma versus Gauss. And even the posters for the two films are very similar, which each shows Gamera and Gauss fighting in the air. You know, I feel like there maybe was a, a bootleg import or something. I know at one point I saw releases that were just Gamera one, two, and three. That's interesting. Yeah, this was abbreviated G one, I think, in some some film markets, and that, that seemed like a, a cool thing that they tried to do in the late. It's like 90s what we're doing or, this year with Godzilla minus one. Yeah, early two thousands, late nineties, where you know. That, that you might get a, a re um publication of the Terminator movies as T1, T2, T3. Well, <laughs> yes, and I th- I'm glad you said that because this movie does continue a tradition that has been happening in the Heisei era of calling back to American science fiction films of the day. So G1, I can 100% see that, and we're going to talk real quick in a little bit about the throwback this movie does. Yeah, it is is a very interesting reimagining for Gamera. So, so un- unlike the Godzilla movies, which is a continuation of 1954's Gojira, this is a universe that has not had Gamera before. Yeah, full so on reboot. Is, yeah, full full on reboot, though they take, of course, elements, so many elements from the original series and plots that they kind of just, you know, fell by the wayside, like the original Gamera from 1964's Gamera was tied to like ancient past civilizations mm-hmm. in the, like the tablet that they find uh, it's buried at the the arctic so there was elements of that that they kind of obviously expanded on a great deal for this movie where gamma is like a bioengineered <laughs> monstrosity bred specifically to kill gauss <laughs> and uh, of course gauss is is a, a good deal different from the showa era Gauss, but uh, it's more similar than different, really. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, in ter- in ter- that movie, yeah, too. in terms of like basic like character traits, it's very similar. It it has that crazy sonic beam that can just cut stuff in half. It has the same kind of regenerative ability where it can lose a foot and just grow <laughs> grow it back, or lose a toe and grow it back. I guess is so. What happened in the show a movie? Yes. <laughs> Right. What else? Can, what else can you tell us about the the plot of this film? So, this one is interesting because it starts where you have a ship of plutonium, a ship carrying plutonium, not a ship of plutonium, <laughs> and it collides with this atoll. Yeah, they, and they, they, they're getting out walking around on it, and like, oh, we yeah, found and a then new they're island. confused because like it, it's it, it damages but doesn't doesn't sink a ship, but like everyone is kind of shaken by what what's occurring because they are in the middle of the ocean. They they mentioned it's like a mile and a half deep. There shouldn't be anything here, and at the same time, you're getting these stories. We, we kind of share these parallel stories of like, okay, here was this near 
accident that almost caused a nuclear disaster. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a story of an ornithologist, Mayumi Nagame, Nagamine, who is waiting for, I guess, her her mentor to come back from this island research because there was reports of this giant bird. And <laughs> she, she where she meets our our disheveled detective. Oh, man. Who like looks like he walked out of like a Blade Runner convention? <laughs> he is great. <laughs> oh, I, I am not complaining. I love him, but like he's just like An he's Inspector play- Osaku, and yes, played play by uh, Yukijiro Hutaru, who becomes straight up just kaiju royalty is in a ton of of amazing kaiju films and a ton and of bad ones as well <laughs> he's he's fantastic I, everyone is fantastic in this movie mm-hmm. and i i love the parallel stories that we're telling because so and this is where we get our american sci-fi stuff is she ends up going to this island that's been absolutely trashed by this alleged giant bird and, and and before that, we do see a, a kind of a death scene, which very much mil- uh, mirrors the rainstorm first mm-hmm. deaths in Jurassic Park. And then as she's walking around, oh, what do they find? A giant pile of gauss poo. Is this and, is this Miles the first kaiju excrement that that we've we've seen in a film? I I I didn't think about it until watching. I this. don't think it is. I feel like we've done a poop joke before. I don't but, know if we've ever seen it though, and seen it in such gruesome detail. We, they, if not, not with as much detail. Because, they pull I mean, she, out a she watch. Goes fully, she goes full Ellie Sattler. She pops up the gloves. <laughs> it and is is pretty explicit. It, call back to it, Jurassic it Park. It is Jurassic it? Park a hundred percent. But I mean, but, much grosser. <laughs> somehow, it is much grosser because it is um, bird like. So it's like slimy white. Uh, yes, F-like. and you see like she finds this. Bits of the professor glasses, his glasses, watch, his pen yeah, or so watch, or whatever it was. So we. Uh, and, oh yeah, no, it, it was a pen, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a pen. Um, yeah, because it's got the name pen. of their their institutes, and so, yeah, yeah. So that's how she finds out her mentors. Uh, I don't even know if we see him in that. That for uh, some nice reason, I thought form. that they find him at a different point, but I guess I was misremembering <laughs> because no, nope, he never heard from again. He is. Yeah. He is in the belly of the beast. At the same time, we have, oh gosh, the Coast Guard, Yoshinari. Yes, who's, he, who's a very he, he fun is, He is so character. despondent about this situation that like, he goes to the private sector and was like, I want to help investigate. Like, yep. he is adamant about it. And like, shows up this dude's house and like, makes him dinner and like, charms his 14-year-old daughter. And <laughs> like, what that sounds weirder than I meant for it. Like, just, he's super nice. It's not creepy. Yeah. Played by Steven Seagal's daughter. <laughs> yeah. So um, Asagi is played by Ayuka uh, Fujitani, who, yeah, I did not know, I think, until we, we started this podcast, indeed, that she is one Oh, really? Of, yeah, Steven Seagal's kids. She is our Miki-like character, the character she, that is psychically linked with the She is the our Kaiju children who Gamera is a friend of. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I don't <laughs> I know... know what age she was when she was in this movie. She doesn't seem like a 14 year old. No, she, so she was born a kid she, and she was born in 1979. So she was about 16 when this movie was released. So probably about 15 when it was okay. filmed. That counts. She's a friend of Gamera. She's a kid friend of all children. <laughs> also the best 
the best stank face in the game. Whenever she gives someone like a mean mug, it is great because she just stares down at this cabbie until they, they have they agree to give her a ride. I I love every every character in this movie. They're yeah, so no, fun. I, they all come back in some form for each of the sequels, which is a lot of fun. Yeah this this entire cast absolutely rocks even the minor characters who are like oh this guy's so good at being a slime ball even though i don't understand what their position is at all because so as the corresponding stories go they find out that these giant birds are in fact real and so the the congress or, or the defense committee says like oh we want to capture them and I'm guessing that there are people from the private sector involved because one of them is like, oh, we can, they're going to be so rare. We'll make so much money. Yeah. Um, and I mean, to be honest, like if they they are treated just like giant extinct animals that they just suddenly found. And rightly so, because uh, the gauss at the beginning of the like movie, Jurassic Park, they, they are just like terror birds or, you know, yes, uh, pterodactyl kind of uh, looking. And they're about. 10 12 feet tall maybe they, they don't really yeah scale they, they, them they very well yeah they, they initially said they're like yeah 10 or 12 feet tall with a 50 uh, feet wingspan i think they're little babies as well <laughs> and they're they 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 them uh, bug eyes <laughs> they have a great plot to trap them inside of a i think a fairly newly built sports arena I yes i had it in my notes but they it's the uh fukuoka dome yeah, and it's one of the the ones that has the the feature where you can kind of close the cover. Yeah. So and the, and this was ju- had just been built. It, it finished construction, yeah. I think, in '93. Yeah, and it's a great set piece because they end up destroying it. <laughs> Spoiler warning: in in pretty awesome fashion, and it's a it's it's a good end of first act kind of part of the movie yeah i mean so on, on the on the flip side you also have people who are looking into the 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 is it is it atoll or atoll the atoll 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 yeah looking into that and they 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 end up finding it because homeboy joins the the coast guard guy joins the research team because he gets a vacation i guess for like mental stress <laughs> I, I, I don't know takes up with with the crew looking for for the atoll which they find pretty quickly a very awesome sequence they they get on on camera's back because this atoll is camera and find like a mystical looking tablet you know like sticking out of its back yeah. and they find what looks like the exact same prop from the Ochira eight-headed dragon movie the the same kind of mm-hmm. little mystical amulet and that is our our psychic link to to Gamera in the movie. Yeah, I I like this a lot. Honestly, the, it, it gives you an air of mystery, but they explain enough, or at least they they explain enough. They they discover things that they they draw conclusions to what must have happened, and I I like that because <laughs> it still gives everything this this kind of air of mysticism without definitively like completely defining everything and. Yeah. And I, I guess I'm into that. I guess if this is your first Gamera movie, you maybe don't know like the character's backstory. You're like, oh, this isn't Godzilla. You think this is the destroying monster. And all the characters in the movie are kind of the same way. They're like, what is this giant beast that's trying to kill these bird things? You know? Yeah, because your first reaction is like, oh, this thing's trying to kill these birds because we don't know that the birds are necessarily evil yet yeah i mean they're they it looks like something 
a hundred times larger than the birds is trying to absolutely destroy them and manages to like Gamera does kill. Oh, no, his, his right? Gamera's actual debut is him just popping out of the ocean and just smacking one down. It is it's so good. The action is so good. Watching the behind the scenes filming of those sequences is so amazing. It looks so good. Like from the the pseudomation of Gamera, which is oh, obviously the best like Gamera's ever looked 10 times better than the, any show yes. a thousand times better. I, I can't stress enough how good he looks all the way down to the miniature work in this this movie is really above and beyond. Mm-hmm. There are some sequences where Gauss like emerges from under the ground. I think at, at one point in in Tokyo, and the the miniature city just looks so good. The destruction looks so great, and this movie and the subsequent films in this series does such a great job at scaling the monsters and putting the camera's perspective at a very flattering angle, not quite ground level, but like, like one third, the monster's height. So kind of like a, like a, maybe a two or three story building in some sequences. So you're getting, there's still buildings in a lot of these fight sequences between you and the monsters, but they're just there to frame the monster and show its size. And it's a, a technique that, I mean, up until uh, even in 2014's Godzilla, that they're going to use, you know, mm-hmm. a very similar thing where you just have elements showing the height that really help sell that illusion. And I don't think this movie does it perfectly in, in all instances, but it does it so well. It, I think, uh, I mean, scale wise, miniature wise, pseudomation wise looks better than almost all the Heisei Godzilla movies, which is, you know, crazy. Yeah. Th- this is a film that almost didn't get made. They almost miles went with a reboot of Daimogen instead. <laughs> uh, no, I'm good. Um, we'll I, get I, would have, I would have loved uh, Aze Daimogen, but I mean, no, camera. sure. But um, I, I'm, I'm much happier with what we got. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I remember reading or watching some interviews for like, they were trying to balance because they wanted, they wanted Gamera to have a little more edge to him, but oh, they also didn't want to make him, like the Dio is also pushing back. It was like, we, I, we don't want Gamera to be too scary because he's still a friend of all children. Mm-hmm. And so there was a little back and forth on kind of the tone of this movie. Cause this is a much darker tone, even as it is than prior Gamera movies in terms of its overall maturity in mm-hmm. its storytelling. And I, I do love the two parallel stories of like, you have these two uh, stories kind of coming together because, you know, they, the Gamera team is just is discovering, oh, Gamera is actually here to help. And, and it's made abundantly clear when Miami is trying to save a boy from a village mm-hmm. being attacked by Gauss. A literal and, child. <laughs> yes. And Gauss is coming down for snacky snack time. And who comes in to blast them? Our our, our other big G. <laughs> um, well, not, not just that. He puts his his claw out to like block a Gauss attack at one point, just Mm -hmm. some, some really interesting stuff. And they, they begin to realize, yeah, in short order, Oh, Oh, this, this thing is here to protect us. And then obviously you have specifically to protect us from those guys. (laughs) Asagi is able to kind of like translate. It's like, Oh, he's here to stop them. They're, they're the bad guy. (laughs) And yeah, it it, it works together very well. 
And what's great is like, you know, the whatever council they they're they're talking to just doesn't they still are trying to capture the gauss and not till it gets kaiju size they're just like oh maybe we don't <laughs> yeah and even then they're like still pissy about it i'm like what what is your malfunction like from the get-go you should have been like this is not a good idea <laughs> um and 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 speaking of gauss we get uh, a really fun thing we have the suit act actress yep yumi kamiyama was the first actress known to play a kaiju on film yeah i i i mean uh, or Daikai, a film, a daikaiju for certain. Obviously, there's been female, yeah, 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 you know what I mean, actors. But yeah, they and if you watch the behind the scenes bits, I don't know. I guess maybe technically they go large with the costumes in the Godzilla productions to make it look like a big, bulky creature, and because of that, they have to get stuntmen and technical workers that are able to hold up the the size and bulk of the costumes. They went for lighter builds. And got, you know, not not shorter actors, but they got, I guess, average sized Japanese stunt people to to fill these roles. So, yeah, Takateru Manabe is uh, as well as Jun Suzuki is Gamera in the film. And uh, yeah, Yumi Kamayami Kamayama is uh, a super gal. So she's uh, the pseudomated gauss that we get uh, in the beginning of the movie. It's really just miniatures and hand puppets um until we get to the the larger version they did so well the the choreography of like the fight scenes at the end in general gamera's pseudomation i think is as good as any kaiju pseudomation we're ever gonna see you know yeah uh, I, I would agree with that there's something that i feel like a lot of the heisei godzilla did not have which is kind of attitude like you definitely get Maybe in the other Gamera movies a little bit more, kind of uh, like a tough guy attitude through the 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 suit acting, which is hard to do, you know, but obviously it's like radio controlled animatronic face elements that, you know, other people are, are operating off camera and they do very well. I love Gamera so much the Heisei suit camera mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they change him a little bit in each movie as well which is a lot of fun to the point where he's like you know almost burning Godzilla style in, in the last movie and has all kinds of crazy scars that continue on with him throughout these these films so yeah let's let's talk a little bit about that because in in the friend to all children angle he it has a, a a psychic connection to Asagi mm-hmm. and in in one of one of the scripts inconsistencies. So she has this little stone that she got from the 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 atoll, and she wears it as a necklace, and it becomes warm, uh, like kind of signifying her like conscious connection mm-hmm. to Gamera. Now we see several times when Gauss cuts Gamera with claws or or a beak attack or something like that. She also suffers the same kind of damage on her body. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty intense. So here's something the movie doesn't answer because you're supposed to be like, OK, there's a link between Gamera and Asagi. When he's hurt by Gauss, she's hurt. I, I guess that that it's only Gauss because when the military blows the hell out of him, she's fine. <laughs> yeah. Or when he falls from space, <laughs> she's into not the like ocean. crushed immediately. Right. She is I, a, I okay. Think they, 
they talk they about that a, a little well, in in the comic book of the Matt Frey comic book because I think oh. there's like a priestess that like communes with with Gamera and and how it's explained in the so movie that's a little after the fact <laughs> yeah well how it's explained in the movie I think is that they you know um, Gamera uses kind of like her energy and and her. Um, right spirit to to rally in, in several parts of the movie and i don't know maybe i, I don't think it's like a she needs to take damage but it's she, convenient is what it is she, <laughs> yeah it has a, such a connection to gamera i think these are kind of like self-fulfilling wounds it's it's a script it's a script issue that i i, I do kind of ding it for a little bit the other being there it's is turned off at the end of this movie but she still has the yes because she said i can't feel him anymore yeah, because I think they realize how <laughs> how crazy it would be to continue the film series with with that connection in place. But she still has a stone, I think, in the other movies, but maybe does it doesn't get uh, turned awakened. I think in, maybe until Revenge of Iron Legion. I don't know if it happens oh, in the second movie. Um, OK, so I, I do. He, I, he, I, I, I still love her character. I think. Oh, I, I, I adore. Like, so there's a point where, like, she's trying to, to see Gamera, I guess, because she feels like connections the first time. And so she she pays this cabbie to go to Mount Fuji, who then delightfully just runs through. Like at first, he's like not going to do it. And then he's like <laughs> runs through their barricades. Like, oh, I've always wanted to do that. And then to that, she also gives him a stink eye. Like, I think I made the incorrect life choice by getting to this cab. <laughs> you wanted this. <laughs> yeah, right. There is a sequence when they're debating on what to do or, or why they're still debating on capturing Gauss as opposed to killing it. The the slime ball guy who I still don't remember what his title is, mm-hmm. but the one that feels like a venture capitalist says, well, you know, if there was a T-Rex marching around, you know, we would want to capture that, too, because of the scientific value it would have. And I'm like, OK, then why has your plan only been to couch Gauss? But, oh, F off Gamera. <laughs> like, we're not going <laughs> to try to capture that. Who He's- is your def- your your definition, your whole reason, like your whole example he's, was, oh, if we had a T Rex. Well, this is a giant. Turtle, he's too so. big. Yeah, he's he's much bigger than a T Rex. So, well, no, I'm just saying, but that 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 just doesn't work for me because mm-hmm. a T Rex is also bigger than the little Gauss, and I, I was just like, ah, I, I I this don't fly with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a very destructive turtle, Miles. You gotta re- remember. I that. understand that, and I do like that. Even though he's a good guy, he is still a destructive turtle because it's a giant monster. Uh, we, we need to talk about the making of this film. There's so much because we, we're here in the 90s. There's so much that's been written about these movies, so much been mm-hmm. written about the the creative team that is behind it, the the, the technical producers, the director, Shisuke uh, Kaneko, who will go on to direct all three of the films in this series and then continue on. And in the two thousands, make a Godzilla movie makes one of the best Godzilla movies maybe as well. Yeah, no, he, he, he is still directing today. Yeah. He uh, had a movie come out last year. Can started in the eighties? I want to say making Roman pornos for die, I think as well. And then moved into dramas, love stories and, and things like that. He was 10 years old when the first Gamera movie hit theaters. So he is part of that Kaiju generation. Probably watched some Godzilla movies before that. Watched, you know, all those Gamera yeah, movies. When he came he initially approached uh, Toho uh, around the time they were uh, doing uh, Godzilla versus Mothra. Yes. And we have Toho to thank for turning him down because that 
put the impetus on him to go and make uh, another film, make a, a Gamera film. The budget on this movie is a little bit under contention. I think he stated the the director stated it was estimated at like 15 million. The, it, it was probably a good deal lower though. Um, at some point, I think they start pulling parts of that budget because they weren't really sure this movie was going to to hit off. So, uh, Die has said that the final budget was ten million, and insider sources claim that that was kind of argued down even from that. And that's, that's I would believe fan. that because uh, I, I, that's amazing, honestly. If that's what they put on screen, this, for this movie feels million. like it's got an independent spirit, and it definitely feels like it was made by people with a huge passion for this project. And in a way we're like, it is that it has that, that spirit of ingenuity where it's like, yeah, we, we don't have the money for this, this, and this, but we can figure it out doing it this way. And, and, and for the, for the most part that works, there are some things where the budget really shows, and it's not in the ways that you typically think it's really in like, I don't know if it was the camera or the type of film they use for some scenes, because, you know, Arrow cleaned these bad boys up really nice. Oh, yes. The scenes on the ship at the beginning of the movie look terrible in terms of like, the film grain. Mm-hmm. And then you get a, a shot of like the ocean, which looks perfectly clear. And then you go back to the ship and it's it looks like it was uh, made from a movie 20 years ago. So I don't know if they just had some bad cameras. And that's, or that's a shame because um, we, we get a, a Akira Kubo cameo as the the captain. I know, of the yeah. Transport ships, and yeah, it is comparatively a little less clear because it is very noticeable when you're watching the Blu-rays, especially. Yes, because so much of those those um, so much so many of the scenes on location just, are scenes look great. Yeah, gorgeous, and then this scene just looks so grainy. And I don't know if it was at the time or something got damaged to that 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 scene or that print or, or what, but it's, it's that specific scene and it happens a couple times in the movie. So I don't know if it was like a certain team that was shooting something. I, I would love to know because it really, I hate to sound like a film snob about this. It took <laughs> me out of the movie for a little bit because everything else looks so amazing by comparison that when it goes back to this grainy stuff, and it's not like, oh, this is in the past, so we can get away. With-. No, it's it's all current. So it just it really kind of mucks up the movie a little bit for me. I I really think th- this film has three of my favorite human characters in any kaiju movies. In between, oh, all three of them are, are Asagi, actually all the protagonists are rock stars. Well, I mean, the um, I even like Daddy. Whatever his name is. <laughs> Yoshinari is a lot of fun, but I'm mostly talking about our uh, Inspector Osako. And for me, Mayumi is one of the best protagonists, not just female protagonists, but is definitely the best written female yes. character in like any kaiju movie before or after. She's just like really like focused on the job at hand. She's got a clarity of mind that, you know, in contrast to the, the, the slimy folks trying to capture Gauss, she's got like a battle presence, you know, she's the one that figures out his weakness, the flashing lights. There's just so many. Yeah. The characters are so three-dimensional and like, even though they like, there's like romantic, like inclinations, they don't, they don't go all into like maybe the denouement of the film. And it's nice because you don't you don't 
feel the will they won't they you, you can also mm-hmm. sense like yeah there's a contraction but they both have a job to do and they both but they both know that and i like that mm-hmm. like you get that one uh thing where um your scenario goes like one day i'd like to show you around a monster free tokyo or something like that <laughs> it's it's a line that specifically roger ebert picked out as like a terrible line in the movie but i thought so- it was sorry Ro- sorry roger also i saw your rating you gave it three to four stars oh you um, love this movie <laughs> This movie, yeah, well, yeah, good reason. But, like, I love that line. Like, and yes, it's kind of a silly line, but, like, it's okay. Like, this is that kind of summer blockbuster feel, and I'm I'm okay with that. And I, I think all every single protagonist, like I said, is just extremely well-written. I, I wish uh, Inspector Osako had more, just because I think he's so much fun. Uh, um, his, his English dub in the international dub is so terrible oh no <laughs> it is it is almost un, unwatchable it makes you absolutely hate the character but i i mean i obviously knew what and who he was uh he, in the the adv films english dub he's he's voiced by paul sidello and they yeah they kind of make him sound like a whiny guy uh, I, that it's, does not surprise me one bit it's terrible but he is one of my favorite characters and and the actor um yukijiro hataro we'll, uh, we'll see him again I, yeah we i talked about how he becomes kind of kaiju royalty he kept he keeps doing kaiju movies even though i think they probably keep paying him less and less as he gets into the 2000s and we'll, we'll he's, he's, in, he's in he's in raigo isn't he he's in a couple of the raigo films he was in technically gamera 4 a fan-made film that we will never see because it is not official and they they've stopped taking it to G fest and what have you, but he, he was in a fan camera film. Like that's how I think is devoted it, he was. Is it Nezera's 1964 technically kind of a fan thing? Yeah. Yeah. He's in that movie. He's in another fan production that's coming out this year in Japan. Hoshi 35, which is just straight up a, a love letter to, uh, yeah, that looks, that looks awesome. Um, I'm, I'm excited about that. Don't yeah. put a, a Togosatsu. He's been uh, in several iterations of Garo, which is more and less Power Rangers and more Kamen Rider, but like horror influenced. Oh, it, 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 Garo is a lot of fun. I think I think you'd be into it, Patrick. Mm-hmm. It's it's more like demons and stuff like that. He has a a very brief cameo in um, GMK Godzilla GMK Monsters of Light Attack. Yeah, th- this movie is is a lot of fun. Do you have a single favorite scene, Miles, or something that I mean, we've talked about? about several of them? Yeah, I mean, the, I feel like the whole the whole sequence at the the baseball dome is pretty iconic. The fights between Super Gauss and Gamera are are great. the The destruction is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. There and there's some funny there's some funny sequences because I, I I like that there's like these sequences that are like they're purposely comedic, but they're also like what's going on here this movie's kind of serious <laughs> like when, when the the giant gauss eats a dog and then goes after like the old lady oh my goodness gracious it's so dark but i love it it's so dark but like it's but it's like dark humor and i'm I'm just like this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um there's so much to love about this movie and i i have a hard time picking out a favorite scene because so so much of it is memorable or well done from just just the the happenstance of Asagi like being in the same grocery store as Yoshinari and like telling him what her dad's favorite alcohol is <laughs> and like 
every single committee meeting, every appearance of Gamera is I mean, just, no, I don't have my favorite scene. I think <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's a string of excellent scenes. God, yeah, I I have to agree with you. I really do think the versus Super Gauss fight at the end is such an amazing sequence. It, it's really it's one of those things that we talk about. It is worth the price for your your ticket It's worth, you know, the first hour of the movie just get to that last final act of amazing spectacle of special effects. I do really enjoy the the elements, though, in, in the early part of the film where you're just kind of figuring out the mystery and, and stuff of, of these giant monsters. It it all really works. And like I said, even even Roger Ebert really enjoyed it. Siskel was was kind of a bum, gave it a thumbs down and said he would rather I mean, be watching cue the winged I, serpent, which is like, what? What? What world eat, are you in? Eat, eat it, dog. Like, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I. Cisco was always a curmudgeon about this stuff. Also, like, look, I had a great time with Kill the Winged Serpent, but get, nah, get out of here. It's get not that out good. of here. This movie is so good by comparison. I, I did want to point out Ebert in his review says, quote, considering that Gamera never needs to refuel, we must assume he is organic and not mechanical, of course. Therefore, the jet blasts coming out from behind him are not burning petrol. But from the byproducts of organic material, this is not a matter of shame for the Japanese who are more frank about bodily processes and even have a best-selling children's book named The Gas We Pass. But yes, Gamera is powered by farts. (laughs) He put more thought into this review, this three-star Gamera (laughs) Guardian of the Universe review, than I think he, he really did in in like 20 years <laughs> yeah i films. mean this is very i mean it's also very much a misguided american viewing of japan but yeah that, I, I love that he gave it three out of four stars but there's so much backhanded compliments like he's almost embarrassed that he likes it yeah you don't have um, to it's it's a good movie like it's I, exactly it's, it's a great rollicking. movie it's a, a rollicking action adventure film as well as a great kaiju film which is like you know what else do you need? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, and we but, will get we will get several more Gamera movies, kaiju defining Gamera movies because of this movie. Yeah, let let's talk about our rating for the film. I love this movie. I don't know if you can tell. It's one of my favorites. I knew going into this is going to be like one of my favorites as well. I think this is hands down one of the best kaiju cinematic experiences to have at this point ever hit the silver screen. It really does make me. Love the Heisei Gamera series, but it makes this entire shebang, I think, equal to Godzilla in my mind. Um, Yes. I mean, this movie's credited for like, oh, this this in most people's minds, like gives him as big of an up to Godzilla. And I think ticket sales wise, didn't this movie do better than the last Godzilla movie? It did half a billion yen, I think, when when it came out. And but versus Space Godzilla, as as bad as a rap it got, it did very well in in the theater. So okay. it, did, it was not a slouch either. But I, I remember like a lot of the conversation was like, oh, man, Godzilla's in trouble, not in trouble. Everyone has to have a comparison. But like this, this definitely put Gamera really seriously on the map. This movie is so much better than versus Space Godzilla. I mean, that's a good, good movie. Great movie. But this it's is a fine movie. Instant classic. Everything from summation effects to music, the plot, instant classic of film. And it is one that I can rewatch constantly. Not the dub probably anytime soon, but the 
this the original Japanese so great. Uh, I'm giving it a ten out of ten. Miles, what about you? So, look, I, I get the hey, I hate I hate that I'm kind of become the bad guy of this podcast sometimes, where it always seems like I'm I've got a a, a nitpick, and I, I do have some nitpicks with this movie. Um, however, those are technical nitpicks. This movie is an absolute classic. This is. I completely agree with you. This is one of the best kaiju cinematic experiences to ever hit silver screen. I think if I, this is one of the movies that if I had to pick five movies to give somebody at this point mm-hmm. to like, Hey, g- give me a, a kind of a mixtape of five movies so that I get the gist of what <laughs> a great genre. kaiju movie's like. Yeah. The genre. Yeah. This is a hundred percent in that one. I think this sets the tone for gamma going forward. And by God, is it just a near perfect kaiju film in general? It's not only a great reboot, it is a great kaiju movie, period. And I think it gives you the formula. If you want to reboot a kaiju series, don't just have your main monster have a monster for it to fight or a series of monsters, which, yeah, certainly a complaint I had with the return of Godzilla and a mistake I don't think they make again. I know. Shin has just just Godzilla, but I think that's the last time it's just G by himself. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We're just wise. Yeah, the movie clips at a great pace. There's a solid, like I said, an era mysticism about the monster. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, this ain't your daddy's camera because he's got a little bit of an edge to him. So you're, you're <laughs> kind of not as a viewer, like nervous, like, okay, is, is he a good guy here? Is this more like a Godzilla thing? And because he's also causing some wanton destruction because he's a big old turtle. But well, no, it, I this, think they they do a great job in making it represented like, yeah, we are like ants to him. So like exactly not understand like all that he's destroying is like, oh, when you, when you say there? that, it make me think of Janos from Ghostbusters 2. You were like the buzzing of flies to him. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, <laughs> but but yes, we are we are just ants and a log at, to, to these uh, behemoths and but I think this movie has excellent action it's got great set pieces phenomenal characters it's paced so very very well very satisfying ending and even if this was the only one this this would stand as a classic piece of kaiju cinema I think mm-hmm. this is uh, yeah a 10 out of 10 without question I've I love already, that you wrote that the, I've already marked you with, down yeah without without <laughs> you knew 10. where I was going yeah and I think we're kind of in the same vein for the the technical I'm giving it a 9 out of 10 for for its technical aspects dinging it for a few things but maybe maybe we're dinging it for different things what what's your score for the technical model? so I'm I'm going back and forth on mine I mm-hmm. think I don't want to ding it as hard as I was going to I think there is like I, I think I've kind of issued my my major problems in some of the logic steps in the script. <laughs> and honestly, the biggest one for me, I can I can take or leave, you know, OK, if, if I don't know the full Monty on how the connection between uh, Asagi and Gamera works, that's fine. That rain in some of those scenes is distractingly bad <laughs> the the early scenes <laughs> yeah and, and that that is a technical problem like yeah. i don't know what happened but the film that we have is distractingly bad and i and i, I implore people who think i'm just picking on this movie for this as some kind of film snob thing watch the arrow blu-ray i want to watch it now <laughs> you actually buy the box set it just do yourself a favor and you will see the comparison very quickly because it'll cut and be like, oh, this is noticeable. So 
it's really the degree of which I want to ding it. I think, though, I'm not going to ding it as hard as I was because everything else is so superlative in this movie from the suit acting to this, the actual suit designs to the character work to the fact that I love every single protagonist to the pacing of this movie to the generally very solid script. Although the, so yeah, so, some of it is, is a little, a little wonky. It's not perfect, but it's solid. So I think I'm going to be, I'm still leaning high and giving it a nine out of 10. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where we're both at. Yeah. I, I think compared to some of the pseudomation that looks amazing in the movie, the, the early, puppet heads for for gauss are just so wonky and it feels like it's on purpose so it's hard to really ding it too much for that but i'm digging it a single point because some of the effects that they decide to go with aren't perfect they they aren't at the level they think they can be the the series does dip into some cgi effects as well which i think i can't be that harsh on because they are very early in at least for japanese movies kaiju cgi i was Um, fine with them well i'm I'm thinking of the other uh you know films in in the series i I can't dig them too much but i do think they get better as the series progresses so yeah i'm I'm digging just a single point because i think so much like you said this film is just far and away 10 out of 10s from you know the the human characters and, and their plot points to just kind of the action in general same thing for, I guess, the evocative nature. I do think, like you said, if this is the only Gamera Heisei movie, this is the best full stop Gamera movie ever made. <laughs> I don't uh, with, know. Without, without, without question. I I really love the next two movies as well. So I can't wait to get to them. It's hard for me to to say this is the best. I don't think it is for me but i think this is definitely the most evocative this is the one that has the showa era villain this is the one that makes gauss basically gamera's biggest nemesis you know yes yeah i uh, mean the thing is like it's gauss is now eternally associated with gamera and when when in 2016 at San Diego comic con when they released the the concept footage of what was at the time thought to be the next gamera film it was against Gauss. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm still super bummed that didn't come to any sort of giant film because I was so stoked by that footage. But at least we're getting this Netflix series. Yeah. The Netflix series, obviously, Gauss is one of the five villains that were picked from the show. Yeah, era. They're, they're all classic ones, too. There's no new ones, right? Uh, unfortunately, no. But I think it's smarter to kind of I, focus in on. I'm happy to see reinventions of some of these creatures, to be honest. Yeah. And obviously we'll, we'll cover that on the the podcast when, when we get there, but so excited for that show. I think that show doesn't exist without Heisei Gamera in in, in doing as well as it did. It's a rollicking adventure. It is one of the best Kaiju films of the nineties, but also full time. So I'm giving this a 10 out of 10. Don't, don't, watch the english dub but yeah as close to a perfect piece of kaiju cinema as as we've gotten recently yeah while subsequent films might be better films i think yeah you don't get them without this this i i think also helped put a lot more respect on kaiju cinema's name because not only do you have 
Godzilla doing some great work during this era, but you have Gamera doing equally great work. If honestly, if not better in terms of, you know, this is just a trilogy as opposed to, you know, eight films or nine films. It's it's hard to me to to think of a world if they did, did make four more Heisei Gamera movies, like one each year, if they really could have dropped off in quality as much as some of the Godzilla it's it's hard to say, it, but it's it's hard to say. But they also probably knew that problem happens with these franchises, so they did trilogy. And yeah, I, I mean this this really puts so much respect on the character's name as well as kaiju cinema in general. I think it's a hundred percent evocative of what makes a kaiju film great uh, again I, I i just said before if i was supposed to give uh, several movies this would be one now at least at this point that could be traded off with legion or iris we'll, we'll see um <laughs> but you don't have those without this i think this is a massively massively important film in kaiju history 10 out of 10 yeah, I was gonna uh, I was gonna write it down for you <laughs> beforehand. So that means we're both not perfect tens, but we are rounded up to a ten. That means the podcast final for Gamera Guardian of the Universe is ten. I'm perfectly fine with that. Ten out of ten. E- even though I, I I you know marked it a little bit for the technical, I, this movie is an absolute joy to watch. Um, I I could have been just fine with it getting a nine. If, if you I mean, I was, I, I, was a little I, I was very close to dipping it to an eight on the technical because yeah. initially the script problems and oh, that's that 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 film grain were huge problems for me. Yeah. But yeah. as as time has passed and I mean, I just watched it again yesterday. It's still like my 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 memory of the movie is like, yeah, those things bother me. But like my general feeling is just pure joy watching that movie. And that is more important than anything else to me. Yeah, yeah, and oh boy, uh, it it's one of the reasons, like I said, I was so excited to get to the 1990s, get to the season five here on our podcast. Getting oh to watch, yeah, getting to watch those. We, we we talked about it, and I think 1995 is the 1964, 1965 of the show era. This is the year that makes or breaks this entire era of film <laughs> of yeah. kaiju film. From you know the eighties to the early two thousands or wherever you define the the Heisei era, this is in a lot of ways both the pinnacle and you know the 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 middle part, obviously right there in the the middle of the nineties, and it 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 lives up to the expectations of what we thought going into the season. This is going to be one of the best decades, best you know eras of kaiju film. I'm very happy on the rewatch that it, it 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 felt that way. I'm I'm always concerned that I'm looking through rose colored glasses or whatnot, but yeah, going through this one, I'm I get the same feeling of when I was watching Godzilla versus Biolante. It's like I could just rewatch this movie whenever and find new things and enjoy various parts of it. Yeah, that's uh that's gonna do it for Gamera Guardian of the Galaxy. Where where can folks find us if they want to tell us how much they love? This terrible Terrapin Miles. You can email us at kaiju versus history at gmail.com. You can tweet to us, post to us, whatever at kaiju versus history. Uh, you can visit our website, kaiju versus history.com. Please rate and review our show, comment, share with your friends. Let us know what you think. 
check out our Letterboxd account to see all of our uh, reviews and watch our list of films. Now, Patrick, you spoke very highly of, of this this great, great time in kaiju history. So what are we doing next week? Well, uh, originally we had something else in place for our Halloween episode <laughs> next week. If you believe it or not, is already Halloween miles. Jeez. We we talked about for a while doing a a mini sode about the television series Neon Genesis Evangelion, which came out in 1995 as well, between smack between Gamera and this next film, which is why it's one of the best <laughs> uh, kaiju years ever. Uh, we are going to push Neon Genesis Evangelion down the line because that show got two film releases, one which was kind of like a compilation of various aspects of the TV show and then another like brand new film. Yes. In 1997. So, and I would, I would rather, if I have to like re experience uh, Evangelion, I'd rather do it in the short form. Yeah. Um, we will talk about the TV show when we talk about one of those movies. Yeah. And a spoiler warning TV, TV show, <laughs> TV show is like a 10 out of 10 for me as well. It's just so good. <laughs> it's like one of the best animes of all time. But I've never seen it's the film. So I'm excited to experience the, the death and rebirth, which we are going to talk about in. Two months, I guess, from now. When this yeah. comes out. that's going to be our end of the year holiday episodes. Is it's a couple? Oh, of good, cheery. <laughs> that, that should Eon be super Jesus cheery. Evangelion, but that means we we are going straight from this to another theatrical film release. Buckle up for our Halloween special as we're going to uh, dive into Daikaiju horror films from Toho. And finally, finish off the Heisei era with a, a grand film that takes elements from the entirety of Godzilla's history, reaching back to the first film and summoning a host of terrifying titans to menace the big G. Tune in next week as we look at history versus Godzilla versus Destoroyah.